can't hear anything. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your trail phenom SP3. We are back again with a pre-recorded edition of Smack Talk, where we talk about the latest going on in WWE and AEW with the one, the only, the legendary Dutch Mantel. How you doing, Dutch? Well, I'm sitting here. This is I'm gonna tell the people our this is not Friday night. And we're covering four hours of TV on Friday night, but this is Sunday night, and I'm sitting here about to wet my pants because that big hurricane is headed toward me. So this could be, I hope not, it could be one of my final podcasts with this. You ever been in a hurricane? Oh, you said, I asked you earlier, you ever been in a hurricane? Well, it, it, once or twice here in New York, we we've I gotten would, a hurricane, but would, you don't you don't consider it a hurricane because you're from Florida and you have the real no, hurricanes out there. No, I don't consider it a hurricane. It was in New York, <laughs> but guess where else I was in a hurricane? This where? is where I was in them, Puerto Rico, brother. When it comes across there, forget it for the next two weeks. Hey, one just came through Puerto Rico, and they half the island still doesn't have electricity. And you know how long they've been having this problem about electricity? How long? 40 years. Really? When I was down there working for Carlos Colon years and years and years ago, you know, the lights would go out and the water, you couldn't use the water. And they've had these problems for years and years and years. And they're still not fixed. So, but anyway, we're not here to talk about government. No, but but you talk about, you know, the last 40 years, but, you know, WWE has experienced a change from their last 40 years this year with Triple H being in charge. And one of the (laughs) things that he's implemented as of late is little teasers that are not used on television, but they are used, you know, online to create buzz. And the big buzz storyline right now, Dutch, is this whole White Rabbit mystery. There was a cute there was first uh the song by jefferson airplane white rabbit played during uh was it jefferson airplane or jefferson starship you know they had two names did you know that see see you're you're teaching me stuff you teach everyone here uh but university university of dutch is in session <laughs> As always, but yes, uh, they played the song during the uh Friday SmackDown taping two weeks ago, and with the red lighting that was known for the fiend Bray Wyatt, they did that during the house shows over the weekend, and then on Monday night's Raw, there was a QR code behind Austin Theory when he was getting ready for his one on one matchup with Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw, and it took you to a video that had a white rabbit, it said feed your head and then it took you to a hangman game that said who killed the world and then the hangman tried to figure it out they spelled out demon the letters of demon weren't included except for the letter d uh and it spelled out you did so who killed the world you did and then uh the white rabbit uh led you to down a rabbit hole and then it led you to the numbers 923 which led many people to believe that it was going to be September 23rd, Friday Night Smackdown, that we were going to see the mystery unfold. But what we got instead was another QR code during the backstage segment with the Street Profits and Hit Row. There was a QR code on the TV screen behind them, and it took you to another video where you had to go through a maze. And once you got through the the maze, uh, it took you to a picture of the White Rabbit with coordinates as well as the word patricide patricide meaning to kill your father and the coordinates led to this monday's raw so (laughs) i didn't know all that but and and let me explain something i was supposed to watch four hours of tv friday night and i said well i'll tape them because i was tired friday and uh somehow they didn't tape but I watched as you know as many clips as I could. But I hope if I was watching that show, you don't ask these people to do too much. Don't ask wrestling fans to actually work. I mean, if you don't slap them in the face with it, I think if you're doing those codes and you're clicking in the cameras and uh, 
and almost be asking them to use their brains sometimes. And some people are not, I'm not willing to do that, to tell you the truth. I, I'm, but, I am willing to do that, and I like that. I like that attention to detail. No, I, I like that uh, basically rewarding the viewers for paying attention. But I do like the way they're doing this because it is interesting, and it's better. And if it is Bray Wyatt, which I don't know, and nobody knows, but but that's what you're supposed to do to be a wrestling fan. Oh, it's Bray Wyatt. It's Bray. It's, it's going to be good. But I do like the thought process behind it. Uh, and if it's, if they need to bring this, whoever it is, they need to bring them out within the next week, or then it's going to be people going to piss off, say, okay, you teased it enough, let's go. My opinion. So my question is, do you think it is Bray Wyatt? And if it's not Bray Wyatt, who do you think it is? And do you think Bray Wyatt is the right choice to be the payoff for this mystery that they are building here? Well, he's not a. You know, he could be the right choice. I, he's he's the only choice that's been presented. Really, they haven't presented anybody else, and it sounds like a Bray Wyatt scheme, because you know Bray's had some off time lately, and he's been gone like two years. Is it two years? And in all oh, that one years. year, okay, one year. So he's had all this time to think of something, and it sounds like something Bray would come up with. Now, if he got in there and he he convinced whoever, Triple H, I guess, or one of the head writers, let's try this and this, and they will like that. So it sounded like a Bray Wyatt invention to me. And I think it'll work. Now, Bray Wyatt didn't get over last time. You know why he didn't get over? I he, think he got over. He was over. Eh, he wasn't over that much. I mean, he was the top merch movers and got big reactions everywhere they well, went. He, he, well, business was. Wasn't this during the pandemic? No, I'm talking about when the when the gimmick first came out, it became the yeah. number one merch mover in yeah. 2019. He did it there, but he didn't really, he was like a baby face. They wanted him to be a heel, but he was really a baby face. And he didn't really get over as a heel because he, he didn't really do anything uh, evil to get a pin. He just beat him with his whole bow. So they're not going to boo that. And one thing about Bray Wyatt, I'm not a, I like I like Bray, great great guy. Now I know what you're going to say, but <laughs> now this is the knock. But no, he, he is a really good guy. But I never got his deal. When he would do his interviews, and he would go through all this talking, and when he would get done, I finished, I'd go. What the fuck did he say? Because I didn't remember a word he said. And I liked the family. I liked, you know, he was surrounded all that. He had a, he had the backup. So I wish it, had, I, I wish it would have clicked on me. You see, if it clicked on, and he sold a lot of merchandise, yeah. But he was different. So we'll see what they do with this. Just because I'm not 200% sold on, don't mean thousands and thousands and thousands of the wrestling fans will be. But you think that the buzz that it's created is a good sign for oh, the Triple H regime? Oh yeah, it is. Because wrestling fans appreciate the work going into entertaining them. And they appreciate that. I had an idea one time, I won't tell you right now, but I, I think it will work, but it's similar to this. So I'll tell you in one of the upcoming programs we do it's kind of about takes about three minutes to really to really tell it now oh, i booked you right you did that you got, the, got the hook got the hook for next time uh also going on 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 the actual wwe television uh what they are devoting a lot of actual tv time to is the storyline with the bloodline and more specifically Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn has created such a a jolt of uh you know momentum for the bloodline and the storyline. It's putting the spotlight back on Jay Uso, who it seems to be the only one who seems to be against Sami Zayn. And on this week's past week's 
uh, SmackDown, the September 23rd edition, we had Sami Zayn become the honorary Oos, given a T-shirt from Roman Reigns that made him the honorary Oos of the bloodline. He's officially a part of the bloodline. We see Solo Sokoa have his back. What have you thought about this storyline and the latest edition with that great segment that happened on uh, last on last Friday SmackDown? And what do you think is the end point? What do you think is how the, the end game for this whole storyline? Well, the end, end point is that, that Sammy will turn. They either turn on Sammy or he turns on them, and then they beat the crap out of him. We know that's coming at, at some point. But at this point, Sammy is working so hard. To enter to, to to be the be all end all be all to the bloodline, and I thought, I thought he was going to come to a head at SmackDown because Roman kind of laid him out and told him to take a t-shirt off, and then he threw him another one. Now they're all happy, and I think, I don't think they will shoot this. What's the next big pay per view in the states? What is one of the big four? Uh, Survivor Series is the next. They're gonna, big they're, one. they're gonna shoot it after Survivor Series, mm-hmm. or they could shoot it at Survivor Series, and kind of lay him out for a while and bring him back. And I think it'll be uh, one of the big matches at uh, WrestleMania. That's that's what I think. Because so what do you what do you, who, what do you think is the the end game matchup that they're building to with this whole well, Sami Zayn involvement? Well, I think he'll take on one at a time, and then they're all, whether he wins or not, don't matter. They're all going to beat the crap out of him. And nobody's going to help Sammy because he has no friends in the dressing room. None. He has one. Who was that? Kevin Owens. Yeah, but Kevin is kind of, I think Kevin might say that he don't want to get involved in this because he didn't start it. I think that's what they've been teasing, though, on television, especially on the Raw brand with what they've been doing lately. If he he goes to Kevin and says, Kevin, listen, I know we've had our troubles and this and that and the other. Man, I need some help. And Kevin, you know, I I feel for you, bro, but no, I can't. I didn't start that. Kevin, that's your making. That's your mess. You clean your own mess up. I'm done with it. I, I can't help you. And then, of course, two weeks later, they're beating him so bad, Kevin has to show up and the house will come in because they want him to come. So you got to make people want stuff. And then when you give it to them, they're so happy and elated that, yeah, now we get it. Now, now the story continues with another chapter. See, they're writing this book. You know, I call it like, you know, the world of the, the word of Sammy. And then all of a sudden, now he has a new chapter in there. Now you turn to it. Everything's different. Kevin Owens is different. It has different dynamics, has different characters, a different way to go. And that is good booking and good storytelling. So you forget the booking so much. Let's, let's tell the story. And they have told the story magnificently up to this point. And there's no need. And I don't know who is telling the story, whose idea this is to tell it. But it's one of the better told stories I've seen in a long, long time. It's been going on a year, hasn't it? Uh, well, the bloodline story has been started in 2020, so that's okay. two when, years. When did Sammy get involved with them? Oh, after WrestleMania 38 this year. So it's okay. been about it's been about uh, eight months, five, five, four or five months. Okay, well, they, well, they told a long story. Yeah. That's a long, long story for WWE to tell. It is. It is. I mean, definitely. that's a long story. For and anyone. people people can't 100% credit this to, you know, the Triple H regime because this started when oh, yeah, Vince started, was still in charge. Yeah, this started this, it started before. And that was one of Vince's okays. Vince said, okay, I like it, do it, take it. Because it was a good story. And, and I, I think when Vince... When he gave his okay on it, he's enjoying it too. So, and of course, uh, Triple H is not going to drop this idea, this idea because it has too much momentum. So that's what I think we're looking at there. One of the bigger uh, things that they are building to and that Triple H has incorporated from NXT 
now to the main roster that might involve this whole bloodline storyline dutch is now we're gonna have survivor series war games in november that was announced last week uh triple h announced it in its interview with the ringer what do you think about the war game stipulation you spent some time you know uh throughout different organizations you spent some time in the nwa so you can see you know where where war games really started out at what do you think about it now being brought to the main roster and potentially maybe having the bloodline involved what do you think about all those components well when you when you say war games what exactly is that war games can be anything you want it to be well war games war games is the match that dusty rose created in nwa jim crockett promotions it's the two ring steel cage match oh. uh for wwe's version they don't do the roof on top like dusty incorporated like aew uses for their blood and guts match it, it uh doesn't do the roof but it's a two ring steel cage match well it is a spectacle and i think what hurt it in wcw is a they relied on it too much. It is, it's a, it's not a cage match. It's a double ring cage match. And, and it's according to who's in it, what the story is, what the payoff is. And you could put, what if you took a war games match and put it in two rings, put a cage, right? But you put a bunch of NXT guys in at the WWE audience. They don't, they don't know them that well. It'd go it, but if you put some, it's what the stories you put inside that cage. That's what's going to make or break it. So if they do that, I'm all for it. I hope I hope they do well with it. But it's kind of hard. <clears throat> it's kind of hard to figure out. But that's what the talent is for too. You get all the talent together, and they all throw their input in, and you take it from there. One guy can't put it together at all. It takes the input of the talent and in a meeting and and it takes actually if you were really it, it takes probably two or three days to put it together to get it oh, yeah. but everybody starts at the same time or no uh no it's uh it's the intervals it starts with one person from each team usually it's a team of four or a team of five starts with uh one person from each team and whoever won the coin toss their their person has the one man advantage uh, always okay and that depends on how much time between guys sometimes they go one more game i saw was five minutes at first five minutes i thought it would never get over yeah Sometimes it is like that, so I, I will say. I think they need to go two minutes or no more. Two than or three, three minutes. minutes, yeah. No more than three because then you go, okay. Because, of course, people are going to wait for that next guy. So I would go two minutes. I'd keep it moving. That's what I'd do. Smart way to go. <laughs> yeah, but Dutch, you're not there, so you can't do nothing. You're, you're right. But I'm saying my advice is to make it shorter, and I think it'll be better. Short attention spans. But before – the bloodline. Are you talking about me? No, I'm talking about in general. People, we have shorter extension spans. Short attention span. Before uh, Bloodline and Roman Reigns and WWE gets the Survivor Series War Games, you got Crown Jewel coming up in November, November 5th in Saudi Arabia. Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Logan Paul. Going to ask you the tough question, Dutch. Should Logan Paul defeat Roman Reigns. Uh, no, he shouldn't. He's not going to defeat Roman Reigns. Uh, and I, I see Roman beating him. That's what I see. And then a big smaz. And then we'll go from there. But I think that's great to put him in the, in the Saudi Arabia event. Because that's different. And he's all over. I mean... Logan Paul is all over the internet. So, you know, he's over in Saudi Arabia. You don't have to be on TV. People know who he is. So, uh, I'd actually watch that myself because it is so unique. And I was reading some complaints online. I should act like this is a straight out fan here. Oh, I don't like that. That sucks. Oh, he shouldn't be. Listen, it's a make believe. Thing that I would like to see 
how they would handle that. Because I think it's that's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. Because when Logan Paul showed up, I went, whoa, what the hell is this? This is different, which grabbed my attention. And Logan Paul's pretty good on that horn. He's, he's pretty good. And their press conference was pretty good, too. So I, I think uh, the crown jewel uh, will be, a, I think it'll be a great match. I really do. And But Logan Powell beating Roman Reigns, man, a chance in Egypt of that happening. I know. I had the question, should Roman Reigns defeat Logan Paul? And I was like, yeah. that question's easy. The hard question is, should Logan Paul defeat Roman Reigns? So I had to ask. Uh, final final WWE note to touch on, Dutch. We had the return of Braun Strowman over the last couple of weeks. He pulled off a nice little win over Otis on the September 23rd edition of SmackDown. What do you think WWE should do differently from the first time around that they did with Braun Strowman to solidify him as a main event top star for the promotion? That's a hard question. Because big guys, I've often found out that if they're just big and they beat people up like Bray Wyatt, they don't really get, you know, reaction from people. Yeah, he should have won. So, but you have to put him with somebody uh, that the people, I think, uh, Brown, he's more of a heel than he is a babyface, I think. See, they have a shortage of heels anyway. I think you should make him a heel. And you could run him against, and I think when you turn Roman, he's going to need those big monster heels. He's going to need the Braun Strowman. He's going to need, say, a, a Bray if he can if he can be him. He's going to need those Gunthers. He's going to need those guys like that or the Carrion Cross. That's what he's going to need. So if he's just a big guy and you know, but I don't know if this will work with any babyface. But it, but I, I think when Roman drops the, the belt, whenever he drops it. I think shortly after that, something's going to happen to him, or and then he's going to come back a babyface. Remember, he left a babyface, and then he came back a heel. And the people, of course, it's going to take them some time to acclimate to a change, but they will. And sometimes all you got to do is put two guys together; they have that magic, and the work's done for you. So, and I think I think, but Logan Paul, this is how fans are. Logan Paul's almost a heel. He's out there running that he's, he's definitely a heel. He gets a re heel reaction everywhere he goes. And Roman's a baby face because they want to see Roman beat the shit out of him. Because he's got that smart mouth. And, see, the best way to me is to turn a, if Roman, if Logan was a, a full-time competitor in WWE, <laughs> I tell him, forget talking about Roman. Talk about these people. You know how Lacey, Lacey was talking to the people? She attacked the people. That's what gets you heat, attack them. It's what I used to do, and it worked every time. Sometimes you, you can attack your opponent, and you know what the fans say? Well, yeah, you, you kind of got a point, because if you hit the right, but if you attack them, oh, no, you can't be doing that. You can't be talking about me. You can't be talking about us. But I think if he went out there and attacked the people, oh, they 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 want to they want to kill him. See, today's heels they don't get heat like heels 30, 40 years ago. You would fight the crowd sometimes coming back. Now you tell guys in the business, well, we had a riot there, and he said, "Ah, shut the hell up! You didn't have no damn riot done." I mean, some guys have been stabbed, hit in the head with bottles, cut with glass, rocks. Oh, yeah, because I used to say fans believed the space program was fake and wrestling was real. But you can make them so mad. Sometimes I've, I've had to actually fight my way back to the dressing room because I was getting hit a lot more than I was hitting anybody else. But I, I wasn't <clears throat> aware there of trying to, I mean, trying to kick anybody's butt. <clears throat> I was just trying to get my butt back to the dressing room. But 
I, I do have to ask. I, I do have to ask because you get that type of heel heat, you know, you in your wrestling career, and you're talking about, you know, Braun Strowman being a heel, and you would prefer him as a heel. He's gotten his biggest reactions as a baby face. Something hasn't really but, always connected with him as a heel. What does he need to do to get that type of reaction? Well, I think you got to put somebody with him, maybe. You got to make him, you got to change him. He's just a big, strong. I mean, he, he looks great. I mean, what is there to cheer bad uh, bad about him? I don't see it. But if you put, a, a, say, a baby face with him in a tag match, and he's mad and he, he loses or the guy loses, then he beats the crap out of that baby face. He's got to beat up somebody they actually care about. Because if you don't do that, I mean, he could beat... He could beat some of those underneath guys all the time, <coughs> and they wouldn't care. If he beat up Sami Zayn, they'd go nuts. Anybody that touches Sami Zayn and beats him up now and leaves him laying, they're over. Because they'll, now they'll want to see Sami come back, and they know he's going to do something. They know he's a thinker. They know he's a low-down. I mean, he'll do anything, which makes him – and the people – and I've talked about this a long time. It's not the wrestling ability. It's the connectivity to the audience. Here's, a, here's an example. Handsome Jimmy Valiant. Didn't know a wrist lock from a, a wristwatch. But nobody cared. Because he made them, oh, yeah, yeah, from New York City. He'd sing that song and everybody would be up. He'd walk around the ring and all the people be dancing. And all of a sudden... The bad guy would get on him and throw him in the ring, boom, boom, boom. And then about a minute and a half later, Jimmy's pinned him, and now the song starts again, dude. And he danced out of the arena. See, the dancing took up most of the match, but it made him feel good. It entertained him, and he was over. So sometimes the wrestling is 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 over uh, over exaggerated. Sometimes it's the feeling you connect. With those people now, WWE they don't they don't really have people that can't really work. Well, they do, but they're far and in between. But uh, I, I I think if the, the deal with Braun Strowman is is put him with somebody they care about, if they if they want to do that with him, that's that's their problem, not mine. I'm just going to sit here and critique it. <laughs> sit here like a fan. Oh, that sucked. That sucked. <laughs> as we always do but yes i think we but we're pretty kind sometimes yes yes we're, we're pretty nice with what we're I doing anybody goes out there or any writer puts anything on paper saying this is going to be the this is going to be horrible but i'll write it down anyway but i did hear that the the, the morale of the writing staff in wwe is is much higher now I guess because they're not getting cussed out about every ten minutes, but Vince, I mean, it probably that helps. Yeah. It does help, and and I and I think uh, Triple H encourages them, and he's easy to talk to. And but see, Vince, you don't know what kind of mood he's he's going to be in. And if you know, he's not going to hit anybody. But he had such a mouth, he had such a temper, and I've never been on the receiving end of it, but I've seen some guys, and it's. Is it's not fun to watch. So don't don't want to be that guy. No, I, I think we touched enough on WWE and SmackDown for now, Dutch. We can move on to AEW, and they had a very eventful week. AEW Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam in New York City, Queens, New York, Arthur Ashe Stadium. The first time AEW has broke a million dollars in their live gate for a television taping, so congratulations to them. But the big note from the show, AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, was the debut of Saraya, a.k.a. Paige, uh, returning from retirement to seemingly compete in all elite wrestling. One, do you think Saraya will actually compete in an AEW ring? And what do you think, what type of impact she will have on the AEW women's division that has been much maligned for pretty much its entire existence? Well, when a new person shows up, you expect all this. 
And if you don't get it, you know, they blow a chance. Now, I think they've already started blowing a chance on Soraya. I, I say Soraya, I guess. I don't know how you is that. How do you say her name? She 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 put out the pronunciation on her Twitter page saying Sir Ray Yeah, and they did Sir, uh, to Sir Ray Yeah. Okay, Sir Sir Ray Yeah. I can't to, say to touch on the note that I know you're going to touch on with AEW uh, Rampage Grand Slam. I do know they did show a little quick clip of her debut on Dynamite Grand Slam and said that she's going to speak on AEW Dynamite. Okay. Well, I was uh, I was uh, kind of disappointed that she wasn't on uh, Rampage, but you say that they did a little videotape of her. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, at least they. They acknowledged her. When she came down to the ring, all the you had four girls ran from her. Yeah, she had a great, great introduction. I mean, they they were great, really happy to see her. And then they all bailed out of the ring. Like, what is this girl got a nuclear bomb in her hand or what? And the last one to bail, who was the last girl? Uh, Britt Baker. Britt Baker. I think Brett should have stayed in the ring and just looked at her, then got out. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to do a stare down between the two because the yeah, camera but... focused on Brett's reaction to her, you know, the name popping up on the screen and her coming out. I thought they were going to at least do a little stare down between the two and then Brett gets out the ring to give her the moment, but she immediately got out. Okay, let me ask you something. Brett had blood on her face. Was that from that move from. Uh... From Athena, from Athena, when she did the double, she did a fall away slam and a Samoan drop, and her backside dropped uh, right on Britt's face, which seems to be a theme. Britt always gets her like nose broken, or yeah, stuff like that a lot. Well, Athena needs to stop that move. I mean, if she can't do it right, I don't know how the girl on her shoulders can avoid getting hurt. I mean, that's a very awkward, awkward position to be in. But anyway, if Paige does and she's going to talk, but I think what you really want to ask me, is she going to work? Is she going to wrestle? Now, is she cleared or no? Nobody knows. Uh, from the latest report, it was that that she, the last time they checked, she wasn't cleared, but she was hoping to be cleared soon. So I, I've heard other I've heard other reports say that she's been cleared by her doctors, but had, hadn't been cleared by WWE doctors. And, you know, maybe she'll be cleared by AEW doctors. So her situation is very similar to the situation that Sting was in uh, when he came into AEW because, you know, he had basically retired due to his neck injury and WWE doctors would not clear him. And then he comes to AEW and it's worked out great. He's been there for two years. He's had great matches. He's been a, a draw for them in the ratings. And, you know, it's, and he's been able to compete at 62, 63 years old. So uh -huh. it's similar for, for Paige, but she's only 30. She's only 30 years old. That's the that's the crazy part with, with uh, Soraya. Well, if she is, it, I, hate, I hate to sound uh, misogynistic here, but males are stronger than females. I think their body is stronger. Now people said, oh, no, you can't say it. Yeah, I can say it. As a woman, she couldn't take all these bumps that Flair took all the years, and or even Sting took, and I, she wouldn't have lasted. But I, I hope she can get in there, and she is the type that you have to tell a story with. We don't need to see this girl on TV every week, because that's what that's what hurts SmackDown. You, the people after I don't care how good they are. If you kept bringing them out there and bringing them out there every week, you say, oh, God, again, We how many times have we done it? A hundred times. And, oh, my God, again? I mean, what else can they show you? But they can keep changing the story. And they need a story with Paige. Now, while we own the, the subject of AEW, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews left.
Yes, uh, you got you got Soraya coming in the door of AEW, and it seems like the House of Black is on their way out. You had the whole situation with, uh, you know, first I feel like the the start of this whole story kind of started with uh, the reports that WWE had reached out to contracted AEW talent, uh, and it was perceived as contract tampering from the AEW side. And then reports started coming out, you know, Malachi Black had asked for his release, uh, saying that he, you know, uh, talking about his mental health, which I don't think they should have had reported that. He should be the only one that should make that public, but that was a part of the report. He was having issues with his mental health and was feeling demoralized moralized by uh the booking that he's received in the over the last like two years and then he basically had his final match with aew it seemed that all out in the six-man tag with the house of black versus sting darby and miro he did the whole signal good kind of goodbye and it was reported that he was given his conditional release from aew basically saying that he had a non uh, uh basically a non-compete clause that said he couldn't work for WWE for a certain amount of time. And then this weekend, over the weekend, we had Buddy Matthews. Uh, he competed on an independent show where he said that he was taking time away from the House of Black and All Elite Wrestling. And it seems like he's now going to be gone from AEW as well. So what do you think about all of that? I don't get it. I don't get it. Listen, it's a make-believe business anyway. And if you're pissed off by the way you're booked or you're not beating people or you're not as strong as you think you are, but if you the whole deal is, are you getting paid? When you're not on TV, or is that check coming in? That's the term pro and professional. You're making money. Now, if you're making money and you're sitting home, that's great because you're saving your body. But if you're if you still that, that that money's coming in and they put you on TV and say okay we need to do something with this guy you need to lose big deal I mean I've done it a thousand times look at Sami Zayn he makes it work for him now Malachi Black I know the the the, the gimmick I don't think the gimmick was gonna get over anyway because it's it's just not my, I mean, not everybody sits out there in a yoga position and, you know, chants mantras and all that. I don't, I don't know who he was, who was, who he was appealing to. I don't know, but I know he's not appealing to people on my side of town or the, even the other side of town. I don't know who he was appealing to, but anyway, again, if they both quit, which makes me think that this money uh, system that Tony Khan supposedly has, he must not have it for everybody because these guys, what pisses you off if they're not using you good and you're not making any money? But supposedly they were making money, but they wanted to quit and walk away. I don't get it. What I'm saying is, you know, they don't say it, show me the money, show me the money. And if you, if you want me, call me. If you don't leave me alone, I'll stay home. Apparently, according to the report, is that uh, a lot of the people that are said, because the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported that uh, that Malachi Black wasn't the only person from AEW who had asked for their release. And a lot of people think that the people that are asking for the releases have significant others in WWE. So Malachi Black has Selena Vega. Uh, Buddy Matthews, he goes out with Rhea Ripley. You got uh, Andrade, who is in, who is uh, married to Charlotte Flair. Those kind of seem, seem to fit the bill of people that are asking for their releases and that are leaving AEW at the moment. So Andrade, he's leaving too? Um, no, this was a separate, a separate kind of rumor that was going on was, you know, the follow up on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter report that others besides Malachi Black had asked for their release, uh, that there was rumors that it was people that had significant others in the other company. What we do know is that a, uh, that WWE reached out to Swerve Strickland as well as FTR, who both said that they were happy with AEW. They also, uh, from what from what's been told, 
Bobby Fish was trying to talk Adam Cole and Colorado to for leaving, asking for their release from AEW to go back to WWE to reunite Undisputed Era there. And Cole and uh and Kyle basically turned them down, told them no, they were happy with AEW, and plus both of them have about four years left on their deal. So yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Because WWE, they run a house show schedule too. AEW don't do they don't really do that much, just except for house shows. I mean, for TV, right? And another thing about yeah, uh, another thing about AEW that I, I think is working against them, kinda. They got too much talent. They got a hundred and thirty talents under contract or agreement. I mean, they only got D- Dynamite's a one-hour show. Two hours. A two hours. So they. They have 130 talents for three hours of TV right now. Now, I know they're working their way to a ring of honor. But I don't know, man. That's a lot of TV time and a lot of, and I don't know who's helping Tony Khan book, but he's got to be burnt out right now, I think. I mean, I don't know how you could keep it straight. I mean, the the cracks are showing that he is a little bit burned out or feels like he has a lot on his hands at the moment. You've been seeing it with either the quality of what he's doing or all the drama that is going on within AEW at the moment. But one one stabling uh, person within the AEW locker room throughout all of this has been John Moxley. He yeah. just uh, regained the AEW World Championship, defeating Brian Danielson in the Grand Slam Tournament of Champions Finals to win his third uh, AEW World Championship as someone who has shared the locker room with John Moxley. Do you think he's a good representative of AEW? I do. Because the guys will listen to him. Uh, they'll listen to Brian too. But Moxley, he, he's got a little sense about it. And he's knocked around the business a little bit. So they got a little respect for him. And I think he legitimately, you know, Hell, he might be a tough guy legitimately. I don't know. I never heard heard that. But if he can tell those younger guys, and they need an older guy, an experienced guy, to tell them to knock the crap off and do what they're told. I mean, that's not – I mean, that's – if you got a job, you got to do the job. And But I, I do think he's a good representative uh, of AEW because the guys will listen to him. One thing I have noticed – is that all the turmoil and all the fewer over the CM Punk and the Bucks escapade is kind of dissipated. Uh, little stuff will come out every couple of days, like the report from uh, Wade Keller of PW Torch that uh, CM Punk, he believes CM Punk will not be returning to AEW. Uh, he thinks that they're going to do a buyout of his contract. What do you believe? Do you think that CM Punk will ever wrestle in AEW again? I don't think so. I don't think he cares either. If you, because there's a guy that cares about the money. So he wants the buyout, and they can actually fight that and probably tie him up in court because I think Tony Khan's got a lot more money than CM Punk has. But I do think, and I I can't shake this, I think CM Punk is going to sue them for some reason. I don't know why I think that because he didn't have any hesitation about suing Coke Cabana. So now, and he sees a billionaire over there. And wow, if he sues him, maybe he'll do a, a he'll he'll do a settlement early. So I don't know. I, I hope not. The Bucks, I don't I don't see them, but I don't know what he's gonna do. He he is really a, a wild card in all this. But the fans have stopped talking about him. They've stopped talking about the Bucks. So it's water under the dam. And I, I started to say when this happened, give it two weeks and it'll be like in in the past. So as long as they don't do any more interviews, and Tony Khan had him <clears throat> where it all started. Tony Khan had him on his scrum press conference, sitting right beside him. 
every, I've watched this every now and then. I have to watch Tony and his eyes are like this. And he was, <laughs> and he was shaking his head. Everything punks. Hell yeah. It makes, but he made, he actually made the whole company look kind of bad. And if that even that Tony would even allow that. So, I mean, did he know how punk was before? Or did he just ignore that? I I think I don't know. It seems like he he was not aware at all of what was going down, what was going to happen there. Well, well, he's getting some good firsthand experience. So, <laughs> but I think some of the guys around him could have told him that, and they may have told him that that you know you you have a little bit of a a wild card in CM Punk. So be careful how you handle him, and especially when live mics are around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he realized. I don't know what he talked. I, I don't know what he th even thinks about the business. But I know he loves the business, Tony Khan does, has a lot of respect for it. And that's why I, I kind of hate him to, to see him really get jacked around. And I think CM Punk was mad, and he wouldn't. he didn't care who he jacked around. He just wanted to get back at those bucks. And what is that in the total scheme of things? That's behind the scenes stuff. Go settle it backstage. Don't settle it out in front of people. Because, you know, Tony Khan can't, uh, I mean, he, he, he can't go along with it and agree with it and then all of a sudden suspend those other two guys at the same time. I think it made AEW look a little bit rinky dink and it yeah. made tony khan look indecisive and you can't be indecisive and run a business and especially in the wrestling business now everybody else they, they think they should be the main event every night and it, it just gives but what it does it opens the door for all these fans to go on social media and just blast you yeah so if i'm a fan I'm, i don't even know who tony khan is but all i'm reading is well he just sat there with cm punk uh blasted the other guys and blasted basically blasted the company and he didn't do nothing. Well, that's what I'm thinking of him. I mean, he, the, he really tarnishes my image of uh, Tony Khan and I may not even know him from Adam's house cat. But anyway, but Tony's learning and I hope he, I hope he listened to some of his veterans backstage like Oxley and like Brian and hopefully they'll fill him in. Yes. One final question uh, to end things off here, Dutch. The most important question that's been going on on social media throughout this past weekend. Has Teddy Long blocked you on Twitter? Yes, he has. Oh, my God. He Why? Why is it so? Do you, do you want to send a message to Teddy Long right now and let him know and ask him why? Why? Why, Why did he block you? Teddy, unblock me, buddy. I've known you for 30 years, and I hadn't said anything to him. No, what I think happened, I read, is somebody got in that account. And yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't even following him, except I, I follow what he does. But, you know, and I actually, when I read that, I said, damn, I'm going to check, see if he blocked me. Yeah. You know, Teddy, play along, he's blocked you. <laughs> so... And I don't know what happened now. I think somebody got into his account or something. I don't know. Yeah, he uh, said that someone uh, hacked that someone that he blocked hacked into his account and started blocking a whole bunch of people. Go figure. Do you know Teddy? I, I have not met Teddy. Uh, I, he's someone I would love to meet. Uh, he's a he's a princess. He's a great guy. <laughs> but I knew him when he was still a referee in WCW good guy and i'm glad he actually went to wwe and he got the run he did because he was over there yeah they love they love teddy so and still a great guy and i hadn't talked to him in a long time i think the last time i talked to him maybe four years ago maybe more but really really good guy here we go there you have it wait a minute, it, wait a minute. when you said here we go you were waiting for but <laughs> let me think about that damn Teddy. No, he's a he's a good guy, really is. 
<laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the butt, but you hit, it, hit me with it unsuspectedly. But Dutch, let the people know where they can follow you, what you got going on. Okay, just uh, follow me on dirtydutchmantel at gmail.com. You can't follow me there, but you can email me there. And I'm doing another, uh, it's called Storytime with Dutch. It's on YouTube. It's a WSI Story Storytime with Dutch. I'll put it on in my Twitter account. I'm going to put it on there. Uh, Dirty D Mantel at Twitter. And, uh, hey, I'm going to make you one of these, Mr. Uh, whoop, just a minute. i got to show you this. Uh-oh. If I can get it. That's not it. <laughs> you know, I have a university. You knew that, didn't you? Yes, I did. And wait a minute. I'm My first class is finished. I, can't, I don't know what happened to him. But I made out a bunch of, well, this is my blank. That's my blank diploma. Uh-huh. And next week when we do the show, I'll have one here. I thought I had one here, but I don't. But you anyway, got to put it behind you. You got to put it in the frame. Well, that's what it looks like on, on that paper. But Our uh, Freedom English, University of Dutch. Yeah, well, that's one of the graduates. So I sell those, and they're they're actually doing pretty well. I mean, if you're arguing somebody with wrestling, you can say, where do you have your degree in wrestling from? They say, well, I don't have a degree. You say, well, by God, I do. And you you just put it on your wall now, see? And they can't argue, can they? Nope. Have a diploma on the wall, see? So email me at dirtydutchmantel at gmail.com and ask me about it, and I'll get back to you. And I'm SP3. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. I'll be back here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel with Dirty D Mantel, as well as Rick Uchino on Smack Talk every single Friday following is- SmackDown and Rampage. We didn't we didn't say where's Rick today. Rick Rick is conspicuous by his absence yeah, as, the, as the day that we uh filmed this. He is busy being a, a radio host. He's doing his radio show. So he's putting other other uh, things ahead of us. He's he's putting other obligations ahead of what we do here, Dutch. That low life dog. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call him up and cuss him out. Anyway, hey, great podcast. I enjoy talking to you. And uh, the next week, yes, we the people. We, the people, signing off until next time. That's Dutch Mantel. I'm SB3, and this is